Before we get to our week two recap here on the Gaucho Nide podcast, we'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen. Check out Kyle in Goleta, Santa Barbara, and Isla Vista, and try out the new crispy chicken sandwich. It is everything that it's hyped up to be. It's really good. Try the new crispy chicken sandwich from Kyle's Kitchen. This episode also brought to you by a new presenting sponsor, and this comes from a a close friend of mine who recently started uh, his own business. It is uh, Junk Removal, a guy with a truck. Do you need a guy with a truck? Have you got some old junk lying around, whether it's a broken appliance or an old couch, or if you're moving, or if you're a realtor and need to clean up some property, call a guy with a truck. 805-689-1413 or visit their website, aguywithatruck.net for a free, no obligation quote. And uh, it's Chase. Chase, uh, a close friend of mine, he runs ultra marathons. If you don't know about ultras, look it up. It's a a remarkable uh, endeavor. Uh, He's run 100 mile races. Um, I've been out there on the trails with him. Uh, It's a sight to see and it's it's a pretty fun niche. Uh, especially here in Santa Barbara. Running is is big time, and uh, there's all kinds of great trails around. So uh, Chase has started up a guy with a truck. It is local, licensed, and insured. Uh, check out a guy with a truck junk removal on Facebook and on Instagram. And again, call them for a free a no obligation quote. Uh, a guy with a truck. Again, that phone number, 805-689-1413 or a guy with a truck.net. Tell them the Gauchos sent you and save $20 on your first pickup. All right. We've got Dylan Jones recapping week two against Pepperdine, and we've got UCSB Baseball Analytics here uh, for some metrics and some categories uh, for the week. So here we go. Week two recap. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one strike pitching. Mitchell belts the deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning. And Armani belts it to deep center. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Here's the 0-2 pitch. And a curveball is swung on him. And the score is due. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions. All right, we're joined by assistant coach Dylan Jones. What a weekend. What a weekend. Lots of wind, lots of hitting, some good pitching performances by the Gauchos, and four wins. You mentioned yesterday in the pregame that it's going to be hard to sweep four-game series, and whenever you can, like the Gauchos did, I mean, it's going to be big, and it showed. Gauchos move up in the polls. They had both the Big West Field Player of the Week and the Pitcher of the Week. So uh, a big series win this weekend against Pepperdine. Yeah, I, I talked about it before. We'll say for the rest of the year, but four games is hard. You know, I, I think that the the biggest thing that, that we're starting to find as, as early in the season and as a as a young young into the season here is that um, we got to find ways to win. Sometimes they're going to be ugly. Sometimes it's going to be we got to win a 10-12 ball game. Sometimes we got to win a, a 1-1-0 ball game. And, you know, I think that when the offense is clicking and picking us up and the pitchers can can pick them up when we need be, it's it's 
it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun when it all all gets rolling on the same same direction at the same time you know i, I think that um you know i think the offense picked us up the first half or the first two games of this this series and you know we had some good pitching performances to finish up game three and four but um you know playing a, a clean game of baseball is is something that's it's going to be uh, uh i guess uh going to take a little time with all the covid stuff and and really getting into some some real game action and, and competitive action well since you, you you brought up something close games and relying on pitching and with i i, I was going to save oregon to the, the last bit but it's on my mind so i'm just going to jump into the upcoming series with the Ducks because obviously it's at home. Uh, we're playing day games at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. When we've gone to Eugene, they've been close games, you know, 3-2, 2-1, heavy pitching, uh, not a lot of offense. And even when they came to, to Caesar a few years ago, they had a couple good arms and they had, I think it was Irvin and, and, and Patterson, who were good lefties and those were tough games. They were, they were low scoring tight ball games and we haven't really seen any low scoring tight ball games in the first seven. Um, Ducks played four. They started this weekend against Seattle. They were at home. Do you expect these games to be pitcher heavy in this, uh, this upcoming weekend? Yeah. I mean, I, I think in the grand scheme of things with, with just the timing of the season, I think that, Pitchers are probably going to be a little bit ahead um, just because, you know, we haven't had the – on the offensive side of things, haven't had the uh, – just the number of at-bats that we typically have had and, and until this point of the season. But um, I, I think they got a great pitching staff, um, a great program up there. Um, but I think so do we. You know, our guys are ready for that challenge and, you know, kind of preach the, the one game at a time and, and let's put – you know, on the pitching side of things, well, let's put it on our back every time. You know, uh, I'd rather see a given a one or two a game and then let the offense, you know, take the pressure off them. But um, I, I think they're ready for that challenge. And I think it could be a low scoring game. <laughs> I, I hope that we can put up 10 a game, but who knows? <laughs> makes makes the life on the pitching side a lot easier. Well, another thing that makes life on the pitching side easy is catching. And... I discussed it uh, over the weekend. Me and Spencer were on top of it just because Mason Eng has been a rock and, and Johnny Bloom, who got his first start over the weekend, he was solid as well. And Mason's throwing out base runners on ball and dirts and and blocking everything. And in a close game and in, in important games, you want to have trust in your catchers to block sliders in the dirt when you're trying to get a guy to chase. you got to have that trust. Uh, and also pitch calling, and and we saw the shot clock, the pitch clock, come into play a few times. And the catcher is an important piece of that because they got to relay if the signs coming in from the dugout. They got to relay it back up to the pitcher. If there's a runner on second, they got to be efficient with their signs. So it's a group effort, but the catching is, is so important in the college game. And and the Gaucho catchers are doing a phenomenal job through the first seven games because. Pepperdine struggled blocking the baseball. Gauchos took advantage. How important has it been to see Mason come out being a rock and, and Johnny filling in uh, behind him? 
Yeah, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is is the pitch calling that you talked about. You know, I think I think Johnny called about 95% of the game and that, that one hitter um, on game two on Saturday. And, you know, I, I think he, he does a great job of studying the game and, um, you know, being able to make adjustments and read hitters. And I, I think Mason does a great job on that as well, something that we kind of always talk about. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to go with the pitcher's strength. So I think it's important that those those guys have a grasp on who each individual pitcher is and, and what their strengths are, what they like to do, how to how to control their emotions. Um, it's a, it's a tough tough position to to play back there because your 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 job is such as a, a servant, right? They're, you're worrying about the pitchers. You're you you just strike out and you got to go out and then block a O2 slider in the dirt the the next half. Um, and it, it, I'm glad you brought that up. The, the catchers and we were talking about it because I I, uh, I brought them up after the uh, the fourth game at Pepperdine there right before we got on the bus and I said listen and it was I, I brought up all of them Mace Johnny uh, Newman and, and, and Omar and I said uh, you know you guys are going to be the unsung heroes of this pitching staff um, you might not get a lot of recognition you might not get all the the, the hype and in the the chat in in the in the baseball world but you know, I know that you're very important. The coaching staff does, and even the pitchers are talking about how how, how well they were doing that, that weekend and um, how they've continued to get better from the fall. And I think that's all we can ask at anybody is to to really just continue to get better, a little bit better each and every day. And I think they've done a great job of that. Um, it's, it's a tough position, but they, they worked their tails off and obviously helped out the pitchers as, as much as they could. Yeah, and they're, they're coming on a, a... – a good lineage of catchers uh, since Coach Shackets has been at UCSB. You can talk about Jackson Morrow, Campbell Ware, Dempsey Grover, Eric Yang, all guys who would call games. They'd block everything. They could throw out base runners, and they'd be leaders uh, on those teams. And so it's they're they're living up to high expectations. Uh, <laughs> the, guy, the guys here in 2021. So they got uh, they got big shoes to fill. Uh, and so far through the first seven games, they're they're doing extremely well. What is it? How, as a coach, how do you facilitate that relationship between pitcher and catcher? Is it is it organic, or is there a way to to foster it somehow? It's a great question, Kev. Um, <laughs> I think it's a little different for everybody. You know, I, I'd love to say it's organic and that it just happens, but especially with this COVID stuff going on, it's been hard. We haven't had enough time to just hang out after practice or before practice or you know, some of the guys didn't even catch some of the guys in the fall uh, until the very end, um, just because of our, our groups and, and cohorts and things like that. But I think that's something that's going to continue to grow. And I think it helps that that I work with the pitchers and catchers to in the fact that I, I can tell them, hey, you know, Rod Boone's going to be feeling this. McGreevy's going to be feeling this. Carter Benbrook's going to be feeling this. You know, I can help facilitate some of that. So they have some some prior knowledge before they go in there. But um, ultimately I want them to take charge of that, that relationship. You know, I, I can't, and none of the coaches can be there, you know, on the field or chatting with them and they just got to chat with, they got to talk with them between innings. They got to talk with them after bullpens. They got to all the scrimmages or live hitters, whatever it may be. And it's, it's, it's tough. It's a, it's a real servant position to, to be a catcher and, and, you know, understand that the, that there's a lot of guys on the pitching staff and, there's only one guy catching at a time, but it's also really important that, 
the bullpen catcher knows how each guy wants to get warmed up before coming into the game. It's, it's important to know how a guy likes to, you know, how to handle his emotions on the mound, when to call a timeout, when to speed things up, when to slow things down. Um, so I think that they've been doing a great job and, you know, I, I hope that, you know, that they continues to grow. And, and I think we're only going to get stronger as the season goes on, just with, with the limited time that we had in the fall and even leading up into the season that, you know, we're getting a bus rides are a little different these days, but it's, it's nice that they have a bus ride to, to chat with each other more and um, have a little bit more time as a, as a group to, to chat after practice with what's going on. So um, I, I look forward to those relationships growing and, and um, you know, I, I think, organically is the best way to go about it and you know that's that's what's going to happen here in the next uh next few months okay let's touch on the series a little bit it was it was back and forth early and as you mentioned before the the offense kind of had to pitch up pick up the pitchers uh in the first couple games uh, which they did and, and the absolutely bats, the bats came alive i thought a big a big moment obviously in game uh, one on Friday at Pepperdine was McLean's single to tie the game in the seventh, and then Marcos's homer, which gave the Gauchos the lead. And then they fall behind uh, after the grand slam by Cook off of McGreevy, and they score five runs to tie the game in the fourth. It was an odd scoreboard. It was a bunch of zeros and then two fives. You don't see that very often. But how was how was it dealing with the the momentum of the series? Because it felt like it flip flopped a lot in those first couple games. And then Rodney really came in and, and set the tone in that third game and the, and the Gauchos carried on that tone into Sunday. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you kind of expect in a four game re- weekend that, you know, maybe one of those two of those games are going to get a little, you know, high scoring, just depending on some, some pitching and things going like that or, or bullpen arms being used up. But, you know, you, you usually think it's the games three and four as we get, get deeper into it without, without yeah, it was like uh, burst. It was flip flop. Yeah. With, with using bullpen arms. Um, but I think we had to do that early. Um, and, and so I think Boone being able to come out and give us what, six strong or something like that. Right. No hit. Um, no hit. Yeah. No. <laughs> was that, on, was that on, on their minds? It had to be uh, on their minds. How so? Well, I mean, Rodney had the no hitter, and 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 Harvey comes in to try and keep it going. So I will tell you, I don't know what's going in the dugout because I was in the bullpen, but I, I didn't hear too many murmurs of it. But I, I will say, once it happened, I looked in the in the bullpen and I said, "Gosh, dang it, Harvey!" But <laughs> he gave up one. Um, but it was, it was what we needed, you know, and the, the four game weekend shoot. I mean, we got three relievers go three plus innings. And, and I think that really picks us up, um, you know, being able to save some of those arms, like, like CT who's, who's electric at the back end and, and Connor Roberts, who's kind of been a staple. Um, those guys can't throw every game. And, and I think that the depth that we have is, is, is great. Just, just having, J.D. Callahan, Harvey, Ben Brooke, you know, Dandy, like the, and, and Clayton Hall, who we didn't see this last weekend, but you know, it, it's, it's gonna, we're going to need all those guys to get through this thing. And, and if one start blows up, it's, it's, it gets, uh, gets very interesting. I'll say <laughs> in the bullpen, but you know, I, I think that the offense, what they did, I think that they're only going to continue to get better as well. You know, they're still figuring out 
you know, how, how to play as a, as a unit. I think we have some really good individuals and piecing those things together is, is, you know, what you saw flashes over this weekend, right? Like, dang, we got, we got a chance to be special um, offensively. And, you know, that's kind of what we talk about with the team after every game is we got to find ways to win and, you know, it's going to be up and down back and forth, but once we get the offense and, and defense and, pitching all rolling on the same page at the same time it's it's going to be scary um but you know hopefully we can get that at some point this season and at the right time but um you know until then we just got to keep picking each other up and and, and finding ways to win and, and and be competitive throughout the game yeah in recent years the gouges have had a lot of success it's uh, on the pitching side it's uh, a strong start and then a middle reliever a swiss army knife or or a one of the names that coach Tegut uses for those guys that can come in and throw two, three innings and either get out of jams, start a clean inning, go an extra inning or two. And that's what we saw this weekend with Callahan, Harvey and Benbrook all going three innings uh, after coming in for McGreevy Boone and Corey Lewis. Uh, so Corey Lewis, we, we touched on him before the game yesterday and boy, Six backward Ks. The knuckle was, I mean, a knuckleball, it's hard to control, but his is, <laughs> he throws it hard. It's nasty. And, <laughs> and he had, he had all his pitches working and he, he had nine punch outs in five innings. And he's just, he's so soft spoken. Like looking in the dugout in like the sixth, seventh innings, he's just like kind of standing by himself watching the game. Everybody else is on the rail. He's just like admiring his work, I guess. I don't know, but uh, talk about Corey. Yeah, you know, I, I think for his first first uh, collegiate start, you know, um, I thought he did a great job. Obviously, the, the numbers say that, and he, and he got the the W. But um, you know, I, I I'm just happy with the way he stayed within himself, and he, he pitched to who he was. He didn't he didn't try to do anything extra. He didn't try to to, to be anything special or anything more than he was like he earned that he earned that that starting spot um this last weekend because of of the work that he put in and, and the um the success he'd had and i mean he was he's tough five pitches and, and they're all strikes and, and i still think his below was a little down so you know I, I think as good as he did i'm still you know coach checks and i are still looking for for um you know, better out of him, you know, same thing with Boone. Boone's not really clicking and, and that's scary to say as well. Um, but, you know, it's funny you talk, Johnny's missing a couple knuckleballs and they're dancing around and why don't you get him the, the, the bigger glove or the softball right, glove? Right. Well, the dude throws 90 miles an hour as well. And he's got a, a curveball, a slider change. He's got it all. So you can't really take that soft glove. Cause it's going <laughs> to, it's going to uh, gonna hurt if he, 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 he pops a fastball in there. So it's, I think it's very different. You don't see, see many knuckleballs in there, but I know that it was very effective uh, Sunday. I know you probably had a better view straight behind than, than I did in the bullpen, but even from the bullpen, it looked like it was dancing and uh, doing what it was supposed to do. It, it was, it was. And you could tell some, some of the batter's reactions and, and some of the catcher reactions. And, and even if it was really moving, you could see it from, from the top of the stance. So uh, that, that was cool uh, from Corey yesterday. Uh, have any 
Do you have any plays or moments that stood out to you just off the top of your head from from the series? Oh, man. Just trying to recover from the weekend now. You got me coming back. I mean, obviously, I think just as a whole, I, I know Marcos got player player of the the week, Big West. But I think that his, his at-bats and what he did um, were, were – His plate discipline is – yeah, it's he's, improved. he's it's improved vastly. It's great. He's maturing as a hitter. He's he's taking singles. He's hitting the ball out of the yard. He's laying off balls in the dirt. That that was really fun to see because I think he's he's going to be a a real threat. You know, continuing throughout the season. Um, I I think that you know we got some depth offensively as well. I think it was really fun to see um, a guy like Leo Mosby go go triple for his first. Uh, collegiate at bat. See Damien Stone get in there. Jordan Sprinkle playing, playing all around, and glove and flip. Glove flip there at the end of the game was big time. Um, I, I think it gets overlooked a little bit just because we're uh, so used to who he is and, and kind of a big personality. But I think CT what he's done, um, Chris Troy what he's done, coming in and being a real, real deal closer and 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 throwing some some heat up there and, and backing it up with a 87 mile an hour slider and you know coming back from from an injury to 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 where he's at now i think that gets lost in a little bit of the the mix of, of the success of the team but really proud for what he's done and, and how far he's come and um very happy that he's been able to to show show that and have some results early in the season so that that was that's one looking back that that you know, kind of hit hits hard, but I'm happy for him as well. Okay. Yeah. Gauchos have a lot of pieces and you could certainly see it this weekend against Pepperdine. We're looking forward to the series next weekend against Oregon four games again, and get used to it. Lots of four game series this year. Uh, Gauchos six and one looking to keep it rolling. Last bit. How was the bike ride today? Oh, it was great. We got down to rode down to cart for a little bit, got, got a new electric bike. So we're cruising around and, uh, electric bikes. You got the, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. So I'm going to be cruising that into uh, to practice here soon, but, yes. uh, nice to, to get, a, get away on your off day and, and, and just enjoy the, the beach and, and the scenery that we have here in Santa Barbara, but, um, nice to catch your breath and, and just like everybody else, time to go back to work. All right. I love it. That's Dylan Jones, assistant coach for the Gauchos. Dylan, uh, I'll see you at the yard. All right, we'll see you tomorrow, Kev. Go Chos. All right, UCSB Analytics is here. Spencer Stewart and David Tillotson. Gauchos coming off a four-game sweep of the Pepperdine Waves. They are 6-1, and one, and they are at the top of the Big West through the first two weeks of the season, and they are starting to climb the ladder in the standing, or in the, uh, the rankings as they're up to number seven in three different polls. The Collegiate Baseball Poll, USA Today, and D1 Baseball, they sit at number seven. They jumped up six spots in the USA Today poll from 13 to 7, and then they jumped up from 19 to 15 in Baseball America as of Monday evening. So Gaucho's making some noise. 
off to a strong start. And anytime you sweep a, a team in four games, that's going to turn some heads. So in the Big West standings, currently the Gauchos at six and one. Irvine off to a good start. They are four and two. Fullerton three and three. UC Davis and Cal Poly both three and four. Hawaii one and two. UC San Diego one and three, and Cal State Bakersfield one and two as well. Northridge, Long Beach State, and UC Riverside have yet to begin their seasons. So. Let's jump into categories. Player of the week. David, who's your player of the week? Give me the first crack at it. Uh, I'm going to go with Marcus uh, Castagnon. He oh. uh, he tore it up offensively this week. He hit 438, uh, gone 7 for 16 at the plate. He had two home runs, uh, two doubles, nine RBIs, ended up slugging just a tick under 1,000 at 938 on the weekend, and he got on base more than 50% of the time when he was stepping up there. He got hit by, I think, two pitches and one other walk. So, I mean, he just had a great offensive weekend. Uh, and I'm going to go with Marcos for my player of the week. Okay. And that earned him Big West Field Player of the Week honors. Gauchos have the Field Player of the Week in the first two weekends of the year. Last weekend, it was McLean O'Connor. This weekend, it's Marcos Castanon. So, a big weekend for Marcos. He swung the bat well last week and, and made some dents this weekend. Spencer, who's your player of the week? I also got to agree. I think Marcos. Um, Marcos. You don't have a different one. It, I, I mean, David already did. claimed him. David already. Yeah, claimed well, him. the whole point is uh, we had to keep our picks separate, but um, I think he really earned it. He. Uh, so you got to pick a new one. I'll 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 get into that, but <laughs> um, you know, it just having Marcos at the plate. Um, I think he capped off probably one of the bigger innings. Um, it was that three-run seventh inning in game one. Um, he smoked a double down the line that got past Ron Maudlin, who up until that point, I don't think he let a ball get past him at third. Um, Ron played a, a, a really good third base and made it tough for the Gauchos, but Marcos got one past him, double down the line, and that started off um, that three-run seventh inning, which ultimately, you know, the Gauchos came back from five runs in that game, and that's not easy by any means, and they – clawed and, and fought and eventually that was their first lead of the game and uh it would be the difference maker so um marcos is my player of the week i could throw out all the same um stats that you did tilly he's had a hit in all seven games so um he's keeping that rolling hopefully this week against oregon um but uh i'll take i'll take mr rodney boone um he was my he was my pitcher of the week he had the pitch of the week with that changeup last week, but um, you know this this week he he kind of balanced it out really well. He was throwing all three pitches um, for strikes. Um, his strike percent was at right about sixty percent, so it, it's it's solid stuff. And six innings of no hit ball, you just you can't argue with that. Uh, he looked great. He was flipping in the curveball for strikes. Um, four of them called strikes, so he was buckling those guys because they were they the scouting report as of. You know, that first weekend was, hey, he's going to throw a fastball changeup mix, and it's going to be really tough to hit the changeup. Um, this week he had a little bit more curveballs thrown than he did the changeups, and um, it just shows why we have a lot of confidence confidence in Rodney. He's got three-plus pitches, and um, he was, uh, well, untouched. So, um, Rodney, Mr. Boone, you're my player of the week. Okay, and that performance earned him – 
Big West Pitcher of the Week. So the Gauchos had the Field Player of the Week and the Pitcher of the Week in the Big West here for Week 2 in the four-game sweep of Pepperdine. Rodney threw his first two starts. He's 2-0. and He's thrown 11 innings. He's only given up three hits and not allowed a run as of yet. So Rodney Boone off to a great start. Okay, my Player of the Week is Corey Lewis. Yesterday in his first collegiate start against Pepperdine, he went five shutout innings. He allowed just three hits. He walked one, and he struck out nine, and six of those were looking. So five of them or six of them? I think there are five, five. Five of the first six were yes. looking. And those all came. He struck out the side in both the first and the second innings, and five of those were looking. He had six backwards Ks total in his five innings to earn his first collegiate win. So Corey Lewis, he is my player of the week. Okay. Let's go with a uh, play or a key moment of the week. Well, um, Nope. Spencer, you want to go first? Go yeah, ahead. Just cause I, I touched on it. Um, that seventh inning in game two, um, Gilma Greedy had a tough inning. So that where... was the, the first game on Saturday. Correct. Game yeah. two of the series, game one of the double header. Um, we had that, that rocky third inning, um, couple mental errors, physical errors, and then uh, one swing of the bat. And before you know it, we're down five, nothing. And uh, it was, it was, it was kind of, you know, weird to see that it was all of a sudden we were down and um, well, in the next inning, we weren't able to respond, um, but we put a five spot up of our own and that game became more of a grind to, to come back and, and, you know, put some more runs up on the board. But that seventh inning, as I mentioned, Marcos, starting off um, with a double to, uh, to, to get on as a leadoff hitter. Um, some defensive miscues from Pepperdine and um, Steele Ledford coming up with two outs, really making them pay with a clutch um, two-run single. Um, that was uh, – getting those two runs in was – well, it's what J.D. needed in order to cruise through the game. Um, yeah, sure, J.D. surrendered one late in the game, but uh, – Having having Steele come up in that seventh inning, I think, was ultimately the nail in the coffin. And then from that point on, well, they they scored two runs in 18 innings after that. David? I'm going to go with two, two kind of combined moments here from game two on Saturday. Um, I didn't get to watch a lot of the game because obviously I was working on uh, game one stuff, as you two know. But um, – when Boone Boone struck out somebody and came off the field and showed some emotion that you don't often see out of Rodney Boone. And then Harvey, I believe it was in the 12 pitch at bat that we were talking about, ended up punching him out and he right. let them know that he won that battle. And that was, it, it's giving me goosebumps. Now it gave me goosebumps. Then it was really cool to see that out of those two guys, normally very soft-spoken fellows that uh, came out and they dominated on, on game two. Okay. My, uh, I'm gonna go with player of the week plays. Mason Eng, got to give some love to the catchers. They, Him and Johnny Bloom were walls behind the dish, and that played a factor in the series ultimately. But Mason throwing out two uh, dirt ball base runners. So they weren't stealing. They were trying to advance on a ball in the dirt, and Mason blocked it, grabbed it, and threw a strike and got both of those base runners. I think those were in the same game, uh, first game on Saturday. So that's my play of the week. Okay, do you guys have a, a top newcomer or a bounce-back player of the week? I've got a top newcomer. Um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll take first crack at it. Uh, Zach Rodriguez got his first uh, collegiate start on Saturday, I believe. And uh, he ended up getting another one um, on the weekend, ended up hitting 571, going four for seven on the weekend and got uh, his first extra base hit as well with a double off the top of the wall that nearly snuck out on uh, on Sunday at Pepperdine. So I'm going to give Zach Rodriguez some love with uh, my newcomer of the week. Zach Rodriguez, bad to the bone. Love that walk-up song and uh, him getting pegged twice. Yeah, just wearing it. Bad to the bone. Love that. Um, he was initially going to be my newcomer of the week, but uh, my newcomer of the week is going to be Leo Mosby. Leo Mosby is currently leading the team with a 3.000 slugging and a 1,000 on base percentage with a sweet triple. Um, on Sunday, sure, we were up 12-2, uh, or excuse me, 11-2 at that point. Um, he came up. And he got a fastball. He didn't miss it. And uh, for a freshman who um, has to compete over a lot of really, really talented players, um, you know, he's he's a corner infielder for the most part. Um, but uh, he's got a tough, tough, uh, you know, guys in front of him that, uh, you know, he's got to play real hard to, to beat. And um, a nice triple there for him, sliding in safely right in front of the Gaucho dugout. What a cool moment that must have been for him, um, and he was smiling big with a uh, with the with the new with the new tooth. So, um, <laughs> good on Mosby. That that really uh, that fired me up. Okay, two solid choices. I also have newcomer of the week. It took him to the last inning to get in, but I gotta throw him some love. Hayden Hattenback, a shutout inning to to finish the weekend. Yesterday he had two punch outs. He went one two three. Uh, I think he lost his hat on 85% of the pitches that he threw. So we'll get that dialed in. But I was saying on the broadcast, like, it happens all the time for Hayden. So we'll get it figured out. But it's not distracting for him anymore because he was throwing strikes. So maybe it's distracting to the hitter. Who knows? But it it worked out. He threw a shout at inning. So Hayden Hatback, you're my newcomer of the week. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get to some metrics you guys have any uh, hardest hit balls, some home runs to report on? Because we the Gauchos did have a few this weekend. Marcos with a pair. Willow had one. Curtly had one, uh, and also some uh, some nasty pitches. What do you got on uh, home runs and hard hit balls, Tilly? I uh, unofficially we don't have the uh, data from Sunday at Pepperdine, but um, Curtly topped the leaderboards this week with a 106 on the, on a double on Saturday. And then uh, Vote and Zach Rodriguez, who I mentioned, uh, both snuck in there with some balls topping 104 miles an hour. So a lot of hard hit balls this weekend. And then in terms of home runs, like you said, Marcos had two. I don't have the information on the second one, but the first one was over 100 miles an hour. Um, I don't have the footage in front of me or the, the amount of feet that the ball traveled in front of me. But uh, it was definitely a no doubter. And he let it, he let him know about it. And then uh Currently had an oppo taco, it was like 95, and Willow had a 96 on the pole side as well. So uh, some more home runs for the Gauchos. It was good to see this weekend. Yeah, and the homer by Marcos on Friday came in a 4-4 game in the seventh inning. So that was, that was big, big. Spencer, you got any pitches to report on? Um, anything by Corey Lewis. Okay. <laughs> we, we need to get that data from, from really Sunday. Do. And as soon as we do, I'm, I'm 
I'm really looking forward to it. I'm anticipating some, uh, some really good numbers. Um, but him coming from the high overhand slot and throwing a great changeup, a knuckleball that literally dances in midair, a curveball slider to aid his plus fastball. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing his, his velos, his, his movements, his, the spin, all of all that good stuff that goes into pitch design. Um, he, uh, for striking out nine guys and making five of them looking like he's throw, that just means he's throwing all of his pitches for strikes. Um, and ultimately that's the most important he's fooling guys. And, um, he, he made on a Sunday where the, the waves ultimately just wanted to escape the weekend with a win, um, him going back to back, striking out the side in the first and second inning after the offense had put up some runs, um, the nail in the coffin. So he was awesome to watch. Great first start for him. And I can't wait to see what the rest of the season has in store for him. Yeah. Speaking of nails in the coffin, um, I have a nastiest kind of pitch combination in the week. CT coming in the second week in a row and punching out three in a row. Uh, the last four pitches of the game were are kind of my sequence for nastiest pitch. He had been sitting 94. All of a sudden, he went 95, 96, 97, and he throws a wipeout 87-mile-an-hour slider. Just made the kid look silly. Um, so that was definitely uh, my nastiest pitch of the week. Okay. Any additional notes from the weekend? I have I have a few here that I just want to add in. Um, yesterday, Gauchos used 17 different position players. That's a, that's a lot, and I'm pretty sure everybody contributed in, in some way or the other, either defensively or with the bat or on the bases. Uh, Harvey and Callahan both had three innings of relief, long relief, um, over on the doubleheader day. Callahan came in and threw three solid innings in relief of McGreevy in game one, and then Harvey had the three innings of relief of Rodney Boone in game two and the, the three innings. I mean, it, it, it saves a bullpen, especially when you're playing four game series and they are able to either keep the gouches in front or uh, prevent big innings from happening and allow the gouches to come back like they did uh, in game two of the series. First one on Saturday. So those are big and the gouches are going to need those kinds of performances moving forward, especially when we get into conference play. And then the Gauchos are 6-1, and one, despite having two shaky starts from Zach Tora and two starts that are really, quite frankly, below McGreevy's expectations. You know, Michael will tell you that he will be better than, than he was, even though he pitched the Gauchos to victory in, in those games and he earned a win in one of those games. But we feel like we haven't seen the, the full McGreevy that we are going to see this year. So... That's a good sign because the Gauchos are winning games in different ways. They're not relying on Zach having a good start on Friday, and they're not relying on McGreevy to have a good start uh, on Saturday. And we anticipate having good starts from those two guys in the future. So uh, bright things to come. Anything else? What can we What can we expect from Oregon? Maybe a, a, a small Oregon preview. Is that the Ducks were two and two? They split at home against Seattle University. They were low-scoring games. We don't have to divulge anything huge, but 
got I've got a little bit. Uh, they're returning four starting pitchers from last year. Um, one of them didn't end up throwing in week one, so maybe something going on there. But um, some experience definitely uh, going to be on the mound to start games, at least for them. So um, we'll, we'll see kind of what happens there. I know their bats struggled a little bit up at Seattle U in the games three and four that they ended up dropping. But um, they, they're going to fight. They came back late in game one, ended up winning in the ninth inning, scoring four runs when they were, uh, when they were down by three in the ninth. So um, definitely, definitely going to have to battle it out and look to continue our hot success against the Pac-12. Yeah, that's a good point, Tilly. Um, getting the getting the chance to see some Pac-12 competition, you know, Pac-12 is is storied for a lot of you know, really good programs, and and seeing UCLA and OSU last year were awesome. So having Oregon come on down, um, you know, while it is early in the season, and there's you know, we don't want to jump to any conclusions. Um, I'm looking forward to a lot of the uh, our pitching matchups against these guys because they like to hit the ball hard. Um, I think that. Uh, you know, we were kind of shaping this this past series against Pepperdine up as a pitcher's matchup, um, and while it seemed that way for a little bit, ultimately it was uh, it was the offense that kind of pulled all the strings. So um, Oregon likes to hit the ball hard. Their uh, last year, their team average was uh, just a tick under 300. So uh, for any collegiate program. That's that's a good number to have. Um, so they got a lot of confidence in their bats, and uh, while their series may have not, you know, may not have gone how they planned against Seattle U, I think they're going to be uh, they're going to be looking forward to a tough matchup this week against our Gauchos. Yeah, and in the past, when the Gauchos have either been in Eugene or when the Ducks have come to Santa Barbara, they have brought a good pitching staff with them. So anticipate seeing some good arms from the Ducks. Their, uh, their RPI is at 127. Gaucho's sitting at 119 currently. But as we mentioned at the top, uh, up high in the ranks, which is exciting to see. Um, okay. David and Spencer, that will, that'll do it. Let's get ready for another great series. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, this coming weekend, all four games at home. 3 o'clock on Friday, the doubleheader starting at noon on Saturday, and then it's a noon start on Sunday. So uh, train rolls on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. All right, thank you to our presenting sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen, and thank you to a guy with a truck, Junk Removal. Check them out. They serve... Santa Barbara and Ventura counties, licensed and insured, locally owned, junk removal, a guy with a truck. Okay, Gauchos take on the University of Oregon starting this Friday, 3 o'clock on uh, Friday afternoon. It will be on ucsbgauchos.com. Check the website for Big West TV listings. Gaucho Men's Hoops will be at home against Cal Poly on Friday and Saturday, most likely Jerry and his crew will be at the Thunderdome for those games and then possibly back at Caesar Wasaga Stadium on Sunday. So we will carry those games uh, audio only. Maybe we'll try and do single camera feed. So that is all still to be determined for the games this weekend against Oregon. Gaucho's off to a great start. Six and one, as high as seven in the rankings. Three polls have the Gauchos at number seven. And uh, it was a great weekend against Pepperdine. 
So uh, we'll keep it rolling here on the Gotcha 9 podcast. We'll talk to you next week after the series with the Ducks. Sun.